0: Hi Nopur. Hello. welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank you, I think uh, it was long due, I think we yes. spoke about it a while ago, but we're very very glad to finally make it and to just have a normal conversation because I think all our conversations
0: are worth recording. In- yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So you were supposed to be the first guest on my podcast. Uh, when I started, uh, I was like the first person that I want is uh, Nopur. And uh, life, ke hai, nah, man. It's so life kept getting in the way, and um, but I'm glad now that I have a little professional-unprofessional setup with two mics.
1: Yay! <laughs> Literally, the second mic is doing Shri Ganesh
0: with my voice. Oh, yes, and I hope it doesn't break because it's a cheap mic. But anyway, uh, thank you, Nupur, for finally being a part of this. I am very happy to have you on my show. We have now known each other for
1: six six years. I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, I think 2016 is when we first met each other and we <laughs> moved into that 3BHK in Chamber in Bombay. Do
1: you remember the first time uh, I came to see the house? And I think you were sitting out with that CCD and you were working. Yeah. And uh, you were just like, boss, there are three rooms, people have already come. You tell me today. And I was like, but like, I just want to see house. The girl seems nice. The house seems nice. And you know Bombay houses. From, mm. I mean, I have always stayed on the western line. Mm. So the houses used to be literally like old, really small. And then I saw a dining space and chamber and I was like <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> great person holding a great house with a dining space
0: well. To be completely honest, I was not working in that CCD. I was meeting all the women who had sent in their applications for my flat vacancy. That's, that was work well,
1: that's that's um, important work.
0: Was and I'm so glad I picked you.
1: I know. I'm so glad that I decided. I thought I'll take 15-20 days to come back to you. But I think by that night, I made a decision the next morning I told you. And I was just like set. And then we were together for like three. We stayed together for so three years. Half, I think two and a half years, three years. Then you moved to Bangalore.
0: Yeah. And then you moved to Bangalore. Exactly. I think uh, you moved pre-COVID and mm. I moved post-COVID. Now we've been together for six plus years. So we met on a random social media app, Facebook, and very quickly within one day, we decided that we are meant for each other. Unfortunately, the same experience has not transferred itself into our dating lives.
1: You know, we didn't need to see red flags. We didn't need to see (laughs) anything, right? It was just that one five-minute meeting. And I'm just like, with boys, maybe we will never even trust. Even if a five-minute feels good. It will feel like a chips packet that's going to get over in five minutes. Like
0: you know, the faster it starts, the faster it burns out. Do you okay? Do you think that the decisiveness uh, is a key differentiator between the two scenarios? Like when I was picking out a flatmate, I had ten people and I had to pick one. I did not have time to waste, and I had a very specific set of requirements which I was very clear about. Right. So, uh, like my questions, if you remember, were like: Do you drink? Uh, are you okay with people coming over? Are you generally a fun person? You know, that sort of vibe check. And then it was a go. Do you think that decisiveness is what's missing from our dating lives? But
1: I'll tell you what, Zoya. Um, While that helped the two of us to live together, to come together, right? Not essentially live. Those set of questions meant that the two of us will, you know, be in that one place together. The fact that the two of us decided to stay put, Mm. right? As compared to within a year saying, hey, you know what, bye. I mean...
0: Huh, yeah, so a decisive checklist helps you decide whether you want to date someone, but whether you stick around for much longer, it probably takes something else, something more. So tell me, how has dating been for you in Bangalore?
1: Where um, oh. do <laughs> <laughs> I start? I echo that. Sorry. Okay, I would say, and I think I've always said this to uh, any person i met of the app that I'm a... Dating app veteran. I think uh, whether it was Bombay, whether it's Bangalore, every three four months I have this spree of you know getting onto the apps. And um, I don't think it's city specific anymore. I think it's also a lot to do with age. <laughs> but the fact that everybody is emotionally traumatized or you know emotionally pained at a certain level at our age. And then by the virtue of it, given that we led very different lives from our parents, uh, we are not very easily into getting into like an arranged situation. We want to find something that truly, really like connects. And hence, we want to give it as much time, give other person's emotional trauma, pain as much time, our emotional trauma, pain as much time. But sometimes things get fizzled out. Correct. And uh, we don't even have the patience. I mean, I don't know what is it that is going wrong with this generation. But I feel like we really maybe are in the look for something that's ready made. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: As compared to saying it's fine, we'll work it together.
0: That is such profound wisdom, Nupur. I think that is the reason why you're still single. Men cannot match this.
1: Uh, I'm very thankful to all the men who've taught me this in life. Wow. I mean, they are my angels, right? <laughs> sure,
0: that's let's, let's. That's one it? <laughs> Parallel
1: world, yeah. But I mean, thanks. Thanks to all the men who've decided not to stick around. In short, I don't stick around.
0: So I'm sure there's any other reasonably alright single person. You probably get this a lot. But let me ask you again anyway. Why are you still single?
1: We've just not met someone who's worth it.
0: Yeah, but why just us, no?
1: You know, like you had mentioned the other day on WhatsApp, there sure, was a song
0: written for us, not by us, but for us. Sure. So maybe Zirat, the man was
1: right. Yes.
0: I never know how to answer this question. I know most people, when they ask you this, they either mean it as a compliment or they're just generally curious, you know, as to why you seem to fit 70-80% of the usual check checkboxes. Why are you still single? And, um, Sometimes it really does make me question myself that, yeah, fuck, what is wrong with me? Is something wrong with me? Why am I still single? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there are so many days when I go back
1: home with this question, right? I mean, there's so much turbulence. People out there are just finding the kind of partners that they want to be with. As compared to me, who's just at 35, up on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, watching some movie watching memes and then going back for a nap you know very recently i was asked this question by a friend about a week ago i was asked this question that why you're not out there why you're not meeting people you know i understand that you know you've not met someone but that doesn't mean you don't go out you don't meet people but to which my only thing is you even understand every time at 35 to say hey my name is Nupur. i'm 35 years old Gold. You know, I like watching cat memes. I really don't want to sit and do that. It's exhausting. And hence, maybe after I go on one date or two dates and when it doesn't work out, I take three months to cool off.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You know, for someone who's not in the dating game, they may think that first conversations and these first dates must be exciting, fun. You're meeting someone new. But from this side of the table, it's like, You've had a long tiring week at work, you've had chores to do, you've had responsibilities to take care of and by the time Saturday night rolls around, you're probably tired, you know, you just want to Netflix but instead you are supposed to go out on this first date and you have to have fun, you're supposed to be vibrant, positive, cheerful, bring your best foot forward and you know, typically first dates, uh, you don't even talk about serious shit, it's all like fun, fun, fun. It's bloody tiring. It's it's really, really tiring. It's uh, And like you said, right? After that, after a few of those, you really do need a cool off period.
1: Exactly, right? And then both of you have the pressure, but also when you're 35, so you want comfort. But this is a new situation. It's not comfort. So yeah, double the pressure. And then you go back just so exhausted that through the weekend, you don't want any social things happening around you. And then after that, for three months, you don't want to meet someone new.
0: Yeah, and sometimes uh, you meet someone who you actually like on a first date. So you go on a second date, and then a third date, and a fourth date, and a fifth date. And like you said in the beginning, right? Everyone comes with their own baggage. And somehow, you are these two adults who are trying to figure out how to be together. And that can feel like a lot of work sometimes. Yeah. And otherwise, also, we lead full lives, right? So if a part of your life which is dating, let's say, in a certain week is not giving you joy... We very easily fall back on other things. And then it's even harder, you know, you feel that you ended up wasting, I I don't want to use that word, but I I can't think of a better one right now. But you feel like that you ended up wasting a month or two on something that did not quite work out. Uh, And then you're even more exhausted and you don't want to come back for a while. Just be moss in the forest (laughs) and not be seen. I love that. Just be moss in the forest.
1: Yeah, and also see, as we've grown older, we've realized time is the biggest currency, right? Mm. Why should I be wasting my time and my brain space? I don't know, maybe I've become a pessimist, but I'm just like, Toh kuch hona. Yeah, I'm in that space where I'm just like, So, you know, when you feel like it, you go for a nice day, mm. when you don't feel like it, you don't push yourself. Because see, in all other areas of life we are very used to things falling in place, right? Mm-hmm. For the fact that or, that things will fall into place. The fact that this has still not fallen into place, there are only two things, one is jabhuna hoga, tab hoga. Kabhi hoga hi Yeah. and I think I've made my peace with both the statements now. Yeah. For the fact that just like you said, right, we have fuller lives otherwise.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's not like my loveless life does not have problems. I mean, I have all the regular problems. As anybody else, uh, things go wrong. But still, it's like over 35 years, I have built something, you know. Okay. And I have my good days and I have my bad days. But I I don't want to add someone for the heck of it. Like whoever is a part of my life better be worth their salt.
1: Yeah, 100%. The kind of community support that we have, given that there are so many people around there who are single Yeah. At our age, beyond our age, younger than us. But also in that space where they don't want to maybe have skin babies and maybe are okay adopting fur babies. Mm. They're dating someone steady but don't want to get married for the heck of getting married. You now we have all sorts of people who are getting married to somebody who's 10 years older to them and just like living the life.
0: Yeah.
1: Singles like us, separated people. And I think it goes on to say that uh, it's the societal dynamics that's changing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely easier to be single now than it might have been 7, 8 or 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I was probably a lot more conscious or worried about my single status 7, 8 years back than I am now. So it's it's definitely easier from, uh, you know, what kahenge point of view. Hey, do you want more wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, great. So we're all topped up. Rupur, I have a question for you. In early dating, you know, after the first date or first couple of dates, how do you decide whether to keep someone or call it off? Like, how do you decide whether you want to continue seeing this person for some more time and see where things go? Uh, what's your process?
1: I think my process to eliminate is fairly simple as compared to keeping someone around. My process to eliminate is if they're being phony, uh, which is, you know, too much Texting like you don't have a life otherwise, um, just to get attention to like that. Die. Oh my God. Versus uh, somebody who's being supremely hot and cold, mm. you know, suddenly they'll respond to you in half an hour and they'll have two good chats with you and then they are gone for like 17, 18 hours. Makes me feel like, okay, well, maybe they want something which is temporary, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think the process to be keeping somebody around is somebody who's on point in terms of communication.
0: Yeah, that's very important. Very important.
1: And I'm also someone who's going to get your, as the Gen Z say,
0: why? Well, awesome.
1: <laughs> no, but think, you know, they understand your flow of communication, maybe fill in words for you versus you fill in words for them and just general sense of fun is similar. Oh. I mean, at thirty-five, I know for a fact that my limitation is I cannot be out every weekend in the night partying. And if that's the other person's vibe, then I know I'm maybe it's
0: not In a way, you're saying that after meeting them a few times, you basically want to see if this is someone that you could also be friends with. Yeah, a hundred percent. I have a like. I have simplified this for myself as I've learned what works for me and what doesn't and i'm only talking about early dating like one to three dates in i'm not talking about beyond that is a great unknown that i have no process for the first for me would be emotional stability like do does this person take ownership of their mental health and right i'm trying to rule out someone who has no self awareness like people who are averse to therapy for example <laughs> like everyone has baggage but do you take ownership of yours i agree <laughs> Second would be why or just general intellectual compatibility. Like, can I have a conversation with them that can last more than an hour? And third, I would add sexual compatibility to the list. Mm-hmm. Like, it's important for me to have some sort of a physical attraction.
1: I mean, at least after the third or the
0: fourth. Exactly. If by the third date, I don't feel a strong sense of chemistry or attraction. Maybe as well, good as friends. Yeah, like great person, but, you know, maybe just a friend. And beyond answering that, after, let's say, the first three dates, There's a messy space that I haven't figured out how to navigate yet. Like, I don't know. Like, does anyone know what are we supposed to do after the third date if you're continuing to see each other? Like, are we dating? Are we not? What do you want to do?
1: Yeah, I just want to be a moss in the forest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's easier. So that's our sort of checklist. But what do you think, Nupur, that straight men look for in early dating? (laughs) What do men want?
1: See, I feel like, if you ask me this question on the podcast, I think my dream of staying single for life is going to come true because I'm a male basher and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know what i was just going to say thought process. <laughs> no, I know I'm wrong. I asked you, I'm absolutely I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm just a male basher but uh, I What? What do my <laughs> want? Tell me. You tell me. What has been your experience
0: like? Um, I wouldn't Like I wouldn't fall in the category of male basher in that sense. I think I've met um, people who have a reasonably clear understanding of what they're looking for from dating. You know, uh, whether they want a long-term relationship or or something more casual, etc, etc. They like what sort of qualities they look for in a partner. They seem to know. At least they start out like that, you know, with a very clear, I want a relationship and I'm looking for something serious. But somewhere along the way, They get confused. And I don't know if it's a me (laughs) problem. Um, But uh, uh, somewhere along the way, they're like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm looking for. I think I just want to be friends. Mm Shit.
1: I don't know if men go through this a lot. But we do as women go through these profiles on Bumble and on Hinge that say, have kids, want more, which means that they are probably married and have kids. And that is what it turns out to be. Do men also meet such women a lot? Who are
0: married. married? Yeah. I have no idea. But I hope they do. And by married women, I, I just mean that anyone who, any woman who is not looking for anything serious or long term, uh, but yet she's on the dating apps for something fun, casual, short term, etc. Because if if there are women, enough women out there who confidently and openly put it on their profiles, maybe men won't feel the need to lie or or just generally hide their intentions of not necessarily seeking commitment. Though interestingly, I did meet someone once who was very clear right from day one that he wants something short term and casual. He even put a timeline to it. He said, you know, usually I get into relationships that last about three months.
1: Which is great.
0: Exactly, right? Like supreme clarity. And then you leave it to the woman to decide whether she wants to be a part of it or not. And And he did say that he meets enough women who are on board with an arrangement like that. And I absolutely respect his ability to confidently communicate at the risk of rejection and, you know, just losing an opportunity to swindle someone into what his needs were in the first place. Yeah. And we ended up having an interesting conversation on polyamory and casual relationships over extremely amazing beef curry and appam. Also, somewhere I think that the fact that he is so clear about what he needs and wants, it, it kind of increases his chances of finding it.
1: hundred percent. No, I think that way even I've been on the app stating that I just, you know, there are times when you just want something casual and I've been okay about it. But
0: more from the perspective of uh, married men versus married women. Okay, let's call a guy and ask.
1: Hello. Uh-oh. Okay, I know that. so Zoe and I were just talking and we were just, just want to get a perspective from you. Do you also run into female couples who are probably married, have children, but are in it for something casual? Yeah, I don't think there are many women like that. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There are like a lot of married women who are like looking to just like talk to someone, have a conversation in them because I think they're the bored of their lives. They stated out and clear that they are in it for casual while they are married. Then? I mean, no, not really. But like, they don't really mention it up front. And then later in conversation, they're like, yeah, we just want to have a conversation. Unless it's like very interesting person who could be like a future friend. Hmm. um, Then I don't really bother so much. Hmm. Okay, fair.
0: I think that
1: answers it. Thank you and Raj. This podcast
0: was turning out to be very room but thank you for adding your male voice and quality to this. For sure. Okay, you're Goa. I shall see. Hi. Hi. Wait, hang on now. Swiggy guy is calling. What yeah. yeah. a- yeah, is yeah, I'm going so yeah. yeah. hey, no, yeah. i <laughs> <G-spot nahin mala. laughs> Okay, now back to us. So before we started recording this podcast, I reached out to a few of my friends who are also on dating apps, uh, men and women alike, and I asked them to send in questions that they might have about the travesty that modern dating is. Nice. So I have four or five such questions, and I'm gonna and I'm going to randomly pick them out for us to answer. Sure. <laughs> Question one: Why do people blow hot and cold, and have you come across someone who has given you mixed signals? The Number of I, actually, you know what?
1: I think those instances used to be at the beginning of my dating app journey,
0: uh, but now I think I've turned into those. Oh, no, you've been corrupted.
1: Yeah, that's not a nice thing to say, but uh, I think now I understand the psyche of those people and those men to each at soon, but yes, a hundred percent run into a lot of men who are
0: just hot and cold, and it's frustrating. So give me an example of this hot and cold behavior. And I don't mean like super early where you've not even met the person, but let's say you've seen someone once or twice where there has been a confirmed mutual exchange of interest. And then they seem to pull back abruptly, only to grow up again with the previous enthusiasm.
1: Just when I had started off, I met someone who was very interesting, who very, both of us were very in it communicating great for the first month month and a half and then immediately i saw that graph falling which was from them saying let's maybe live in and see how it goes to the fact that there's just like no communication for five yeah like no communication for five to seven days Mm -hmm. um it was very frustrating right and it also we also have certain egos now Oh. Correct. So if somebody is not responding to one text, we will not double text. Absolutely. We will not double call hmm. because we get it. We want to give them space because we also understand what it's like to get space. Yeah. Uh, so when that started happening, that was the first time that I realized, okay, this person is not into it. This was the first instance after the first one and a half, two months. And then after that, anything incremental from them would not mean the same.
0: Yeah. True.
1: Because then I know, and that's my first red flag. <laughs> understandable for the fact that I have had so many uh, red flags that I've let pass, and then you know it's turned into something awful. Okay. Uh that you know the first instant that it happened, and while we were very interested in each other, and I know that for a fact, and the first instant that happened, after that anything that that person would say, I would just not take it seriously. Okay. Maybe regretful, but also I don't want to be that person who goes and grabs them and just like, "No, you are mine," and like my
0: territory, and no, it's fine. Hmm. And then you said that you understand this now because now you also sometimes blow hot and cold. Why is that? The minute I am not following
1: through a communication pattern, I am also keeping them as my second or the third best. Hmm maybe there's no second or there's no first best only. Okay? maybe at times i mean your p0 p1 are maybe your career and your cat yeah
0: yeah
1: you know your p0 is not a partner oh um and you know what what irks me is when i lose out on a communication thread most often times than not men come back and just question it in a manner which says if there's
0: something
1: else, then, you know, sure. I'm just like, yeah, my cat. Oh. <laughs> I needed to play box with
0: her, maybe. So, if it's a situation where there isn't another person who's become more interesting to you, it's just that there are other priorities in your life that are taking over. In that case, how is this person who you're blowing cold on supposed to react? I mean, have you given up on them entirely or do you just want a month full of space?
1: No, I think uh, when I get back into it, I go back into it with some kind of seriousness again. How huh? about? You know, then my patience is very thin. Huh? So when I go back with some honesty and I'm just like, okay, let's give it a second chance or a second thought. And then if they falter even slightly,
0: then it's a breaking point. Wow, you evil bit. I'm very evil. That's but I understand, uh, you know. Sometimes I am also guilty of this psychotic behavior of blowing hot and cold. And when I am in my cold phase, I don't necessarily know what is it that the other person needs to do or can do to, you know, go back to how things were.
1: I would say I'll give you an example. So about two or three weeks ago, I had matched with somebody on Hinge about a month ago, and we were chatting, and I was on a holiday. You know, it was a very good kind of. They were very approaching themselves and messaging and wanting to do a cookout and all of that and you know I was like sure once I'm back from my holiday and during the course of my holiday oh they became so uh you are a dandelion floating in wind and you know enjoy this vacation like you're a dandelion who's floating in the wind and that (laughs) one message (laughs) that one message made me not respond to that person for about 24 hours and that was a lot for that person I mean you know that person would require like instant responses and I was enjoying it up to a while to yeah. they said this
0: yeah
1: and it made me not respond to them for 24 hours and they were very sweet about it and they're like oh great you're on a holiday you're having fun but that one instant that pushed me off mm-hmm. after that to get back to it I did give it a second chance But then I was like, I don't think I can do something as phony. The next time that they were slightly as phony, I was just like, okay, I'm out of this.
0: So phony here means that the level of interest or excitement they showed at a time when you were not receptive of it felt fake, uh, which could also be a you problem.
1: 100%. It's my perception problem, right? Mm. I mean, I maybe don't know people who given that nobody has really shown that kind of an excitement towards knowing me, mm-hmm. I just feel like somebody who within just an a chat exchange of like five days is calling me a floating dandelion <laughs> in a way <wink, laughs> is very phony to me. Right. And the fact that the second day onwards, they start asking me, show us around, like, you know, whatever. Like, send pictures. Send pictures. And they would send those pictures. And I was just like, but. Why? On second day of just like chatting with
0: me, why? I'll put this under the larger bucket of reading the room. Mm-hmm. If you if you narrate this incident in isolation without enough context, it might seem like you're a cold-hearted bitch. <laughs> but I get it because there's a bit of reading the room required here. So if you're in the mood for a conversation and you text someone who does not seem to respond with the same frequency that you seem to be on, you need to read the room and maybe step back you don't know what's going on with them you don't need to know what's going on with them
1: yeah
0: it could be anything right it could it, it probably has nothing to do with you yeah and step back in yeah. when even they are receptive to the conversation that's when you can come back in yeah and maybe at that point you realize that you are no longer as interested and and that's how these things tend to fizzle out eventually but it's still a lot of reading the room and no fixed rules for instance there have been situations for me where The other person's frequency of communication is much higher for uh, how little I may know them. But it's still a match with how I'm feeling about them. Hmm. In a way that them asking for pictures, uh, like, oh, you're on vacations and me pictures, after just a week of speaking, does not feel odd, Hmm. right? And then I respond favorably or enthusiastically to them. And then that's them reading the room right. That, yeah, if they ping me like that, I'm in tune with it. Versus another person doing the exact same thing. And I may be put off. And then be gone for 24 hours. And then they need to realize mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to give them reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily owe them explanations. It's early dating, it's too soon, right? They just need to understand that, yeah. You know, this pattern of frequency or line of communication isn't working for whatever phase you're in. So just let it be. Hmm. Right. And so instead of pushing Hmm. or demanding that, oh, I'm going to stay adamant with my communication need versus respecting the other person's boundaries. Step back. Yeah. Non-single people listening to this must be like, oh, thank God.
1: (laughs) You know, very honestly, I think this is the difference that I see between a Bombay dating app culture versus a Bangalore. Bombay is
0: way just, sorry, putting it out. I agree. Bombay boys and Bombay culture is just about everything.
1: But also, I think what I've realized is men in Bangalore on dating apps are more open to just being friends. I mean... Yeah. Uh, Bombay people don't have the time, right? First of all, <laughs> yeah. the frequency at which people demand you to come and meet them in Bangalore. I mean, if you don't meet them, they unmatch you within a week, right? Yeah. As compared to Bombay, everybody understands that. And very honestly, I feel like Bangalore should understand this more given the distances, Different, right? Yeah. As compared to Bombay, which is one straight line. Huh. So, I mean, if I want to to so, I will maybe reach in 40 minutes, given that I have the option of taking a train and then, you know, walking from home or whatever. Here, I don't have that option. Mm. So, people maybe should understand this more, that why you don't want to maybe catch up, but like talk through. Mm. But also the fact that people in Bangalore are very open to being friends with you. That's a yeah? lot, that, yeah. As compared to Bombay, where they're just like, if we are not calling it serious. Or if. If you're in it for sex, then well, why have we not had sex yet? Why are we just hanging out? Or if you're in it for something serious, then why are we just friends yet? Uh So I think, I don't know, I've I've made a lot more friends on dating apps in Bangalore as compared to Bombay.
0: I didn't uh, consciously observe this until you mentioned it, but I come with a Bombay mentality. Yeah. So I'm not on dating app to make friends, but. In Bangalore, I have come across a lot of men who, if things are not vibing enough for them, they are very open to saying, let's just be friends. And I have, uh, in quick hindsight, only just warmed up to this idea. Earlier, I was very rigid thinking, why should we be friends? We met on a dating app, we date or we don't, right? But um, I actually do have friends now who I met of dating apps in Bangalore.
1: Yeah, also see, Bombay is also a place where you can be hanging out by yourself until whatever time in the night. Yeah. Yes, so I think uh, not having that kind of a social circle is okay. Because people really don't have the space for another friend in their lives.
0: But when we were in Bombay, we were also in very different phases of a career. Fully agree, right? You know, we were younger and had enough friends, whatever.
1: Yeah, we were younger, 100%. And that also opened up to the sense that if it's fine if this person doesn't connect, somebody else will connect. Because for the fact that we were younger, our egos weren't fixated. Oh. So we were very good at making friends as a exactly. to today, we struggle keeping those three people as our friends
0: exactly and when you're older if you're lucky enough to meet someone who you connect with on some level even if not romantically uh, you might want to keep them around as a friend for you know it's just harder to make friends when you're older versus our experiences in bombay coincided with a phase where where we didn't have time or patience or the need uh, to make new friends Correct.
1: Also, I think what I also realized is when I moved to Bangalore, I we are living alone, right? And what dating apps offer you is to find your match within your 4-kilometer, mm. 6-kilometer radius. And trust you, the kind of friends that I've made on dating apps are the people who are living right around me. Mm. And then offer an extended hand saying, hey, let me know if you need something, if you're unwell or whatever, yes. especially if you're living alone. And I see myself also extending a certain way for that person that I've met off the app maybe once or twice. And yeah, it's it's a different life stage because when we were in Bombay, for the by the virtue of the standards of living of that place, you end up sharing your house with people and you don't need that kind of a support as compared to when you're staying alone. Hi. And you're absolutely happy to have yeah. people around. Maybe to hang, maybe for help.
0: However. Hmm. Okay, I completely forgot what question we started with. The hot and cold. Hot and cold. From mixed signals to let's just be friends. Appropriate. (laughs) Okay, why don't you pick the next question from the
1: list? I think I will have to put my glasses on because I'm blind. Okay, so uh, I think I'm going to pick an app one for you, Zoya. Why do you think two men lie about their
0: height on the apps?
1: (laughs) You know, it it doesn't concern me because, well, I'm a shorty one.
0: Ah, This annoys me so much.
1: Okay, so first of all, how tall are you? I'm 5'7". You're 5'7". You're looking for a match who will be uh,
0: at least 5'10 and above? 5'7 plus at least. I liked all men. And you
1: say that you have gone on dates with men on apps ha- who said they, they are maybe 5'10
0: and above, but they are like 5'5". Five, five. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> I've tried asking men why they lie.
1: Have you asked one of those men who have lied on the
0: app? Oh, no, Nupur. I, I avoid confrontations like the plague. <laughs> so. I've observed that most men, not just shorter men, don't care to be accurate about this. Like, even a guy who is very tall, say 5'11", will say, I'm 6'3". And I'm like, no, you're not. Uh, my conclusion is that it's a result of hubris. You know, that general sense of overconfidence men are born with. In their heads, mm-hmm. 4 inches is equal to 6 and that's that. So No, so wait, <laughs> you've ended up with uh, measuring tapes on the, these ones. <laughs> no, didn't need to. But basically, what I'm saying is that these men are probably not lying consciously. They genuinely believe they're taller or bigger. And it cuts across things, right? Most men, oh, and not all men, most men believe that they are, they are 1.2x of what their capability level is, while most women would undermine themselves to a 0.8x.
1: Oh, man, you are absolutely right. That's Any woman who I have met in my life, right? So underconfident.
0: Yeah, a woman could be a 9 on 10, but she'd think she's a 6 on a good day.
1: Yeah, and why? I'm very sad I'm not into women for the fact that it's so easy to connect, one. And second, also, the women I've met in my life, right? The women who are single or... The women who speak the other way who are, you know, gay and happy about it. They are just so much more worthy of a conversation. I agree. And it genuinely it makes me sad that I'm not interested in women that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish I was gay. Yeah. And just imagine, right? Most men are getting a nine on ten for the price of a seven, so to speak, and yet they miss the opportunity by being Dumb. Though there are some men, and they're very rare, who take conscious effort to unlearn their biases, you know, going beyond the "I believe in women equality" trope, taking time to really question societal conditioning, and then trying to be better. It's impressive. It's rare. Uh, Most men don't bother doing this, you know, because the existing conditioning serves them. Hundred percent. Okay, I'll move on to the third question. Sure. Hmm. Interesting one. So, why are men averse to therapy or why don't men take therapy for their issues?
1: Oh, I feel like, actually, okay. I would want to say there's a dearth of understanding therapy across genders. Yeah. He, she, it. I think the fact that you need not necessarily, also, I think it's also a lot about Indian Upbringing, right? We are used to staying in a particular house where you have six people around you to talk to, and there are things that you talk to them about, and then they get judgmental, and hence by conditioning, you learn not to talk to people about Mm. Versus there are times when you grow up with siblings who are very okay, or you know, with parents who are very okay for you to kind of share all kinds of things, and you hence don't feel the need of going out and talking to anybody else as a professional. So, I think overall the dearth of understanding therapy just exists. Mm. Uh, And I think sorry, people like us, right, who are very far away from our settlements, our home family settlements, living by ourselves, uh, need to recognize the need and the reason for it a lot more. As, I mean, I'm not saying people who live in families don't have the need to, no, 100% they do. But I think the kind of people that we also match with are people who are maybe living away from their cohorts and you know, comfort zone, school friends, and you know, starting life afresh in a new setup? Uh, it's very necessary, especially if you've seen a trend, like say, for example, four or five years ago, I saw a trend that even when people were interested in me, I was not able to keep them around and I was not able to communicate. And that's when at the pretext of saying that, well, you know, there are work issues and hence I need therapy, I at least sought a therapist. And then therapist, I asked me questions about, But well, why do you not never talk about your love life? Or are you even married? I don't even know if you have a partner. And that's when like, maybe. And she's like, yeah, maybe you need to delve a little deeper into the question that you're facing right now in terms of you not wanting to do a certain thing, certain, you know, things for the team that you work with. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, fair. So it's, I mean, the dearth of requiring that professional help, that understanding, I think lies across.
0: True. And I think anyone who actively takes ownership of their mental health, you know, uh, you don't need to dump your hangups on others all the time, whether it's a partner or friends or family, right? You you need to take some accountability. Yeah. That itself is a green flag. Mm. 100%. You couldn't have gone through 30 plus years of life without baggage, life will break you. But do you take a step back and say, okay, my experiences make me who I am, and I'm okay for most part, but some behaviors might be holding me back or impacting those who love me, right? I think it's a sign of maturity. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't view therapy as a useful tool, which is just a wasted opportunity. I mean, just go to therapy if a part of your life doesn't quite make
1: sense. 100%. I mean, it always doesn't take a deeper cup of the cone to come and tell you, well, listen, I went through therapy, so why not you? I mean...
0: Speaking of, uh, I believe that you don't actually only need therapy if you're actively depressed or in the aftermath of something significantly life-altering. It could just be anxiety at work and you might have a very supportive friend or partner who listens to you every day. Even then, speaking to a professional could just give a different perspective and get you out of the rut faster. So why not? Try talking.
1: And, you know, there's this concept of therapist shopping, like doctor shopping. You really need to talk to two, three, four, five therapists. Go therapist shopping. Go meet therapists in-person sessions. And, you know, that's going to predominantly shift your mindset and thought process. Of course, it's cumbersome, I mean
0: will do you good. Absolutely, I agree. Okay, let's do one more question. Uh, why don't you pick the last question, Nupur?
1: I think I'm I'm very very uh, fond of this question. So whoever has come with this question, good job. Uh, okay, tell me something, Zia. Would you date a man who does not have basic life skills, and by that I mean does not know how to do basic? environment
0: cleaning like their own environment cleaning or no (laughs) cooking so it is a hard pass no so I can't date someone who cannot manage or run a house on their own that's just a hard pass for me Mm -hmm. like please don't even talk to me if you've never negotiated with a maid like I really admire men who are able to you know keep a clean house and live like adults human beings and um, I I do not find it funny when you know uh, how people make jokes that oh it's a bachelor guy's house obviously it's going to be dirty no that's not obvious i mean what are you 15 i would absolutely not date a man who can't do basic chores but why is that so necessary because um the times where it was not necessary was probably when a lot of women were homemakers and didn't hold jobs as
1: in you mean have corporate lives but like work
0: at home and i don't even want to make this a gender thing i mean any person who has had the same experiences as i have in life which is you know you've gone to school you've gone to college your mother probably didn't put you in the kitchen and she insisted that you go and study instead etc etc uh and then you know you've moved cities you live in homes you you take care of yourself like there's no excuse for such a person to not have bothered learning how to run a house properly yeah Actually, I'll also extend it to managing your personal finance. Oh my god, I can't believe there are people
1: who, who say I don't believe in investments.
0: There are. I don't know if it's a middle class thing. Maybe people who were born in rich families don't see uh, savings and investments the same way. But for me, it's like your relationship with money in the sense that do you understand what's a budget? Do you have goals? Do you project for the future? Do you Are you self-reliant or do your parents pay your bills and your credit card bill is overdue?
1: To top it all, I think there are also people who don't understand the difference between saving versus investments. And I think that irks me off the most, Mm -hmm. whether it's a man or a woman. I think uh, there are things, there are tools, there are apps that are available for you to just like get a basic understanding and just invest and invest well. Yeah. I think that's a huge tick mark. Yeah. In anybody. Agreed. And anybody who's able to have that kind of a conversation, understand. I'm not saying... We have the best knowledge of it. Like at least make the effort
0: to outsource where you don't know.
1: Also, the fact that we are open to learning these things, right? Open. I mean, if you ask me, I was so bad at math and so bad at numbers. But I understand that investment is nothing about it. It's just about how you manage your life. It's just about that, how you manage your finances. I think that's very important. I mean, if you remember, we moved
0: houses. Oh, what a story that was. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I still have my family always tell me and talk about it. You know, the fact that we had a week
0: to just not even a week, we had less than five days to find a new house in Bombay, sign the agreement, move a full three BHK to an unfurnished house. So carpenters, plumbers, electricians, the works, and we completed the hunt, the move, the installations, the cleaning in three days
1: we did and we made a budget and we did it in a budget and well we saved from us
0: we saved also from that budget so efficient do you remember
1: we had a third flatmate who was not that actively involved in planning yeah forget planning even execution
0: she was like a lazy hr's diversity hire like she would stand in a corner and look very cute i
1: i, I think i think that the positivity of her just coming in with a smile and saying Thik hai." <laughs> i think worked quite well
0: I think if I start dating someone seriously, I'll put them through this uh, test of, you know, let's move. Whoa. Let's move a house in a
1: week. Has to move a oh. house in one week. One, one, week. one in Bombay.
0: Yeah, that's the true test of a strong partnership.
1: And I remember at the end of the day, the budget that we made, I think the mover from the 6th floor to the 13th floor was going a little above budget. So we said, fuck it, we'll do it on our
0: yeah, so the two of us basically got frugal, and we said, "Let's we can do it ourselves." So we'll do it ourselves, and we packed up everything and moved boxes and lifts. So yeah, I think carpentry work. Oh, everything happened in day. <laughs> is the basement. installation in three rooms on a country. After what we pulled off, I agree, but yeah, That's the thing, right? When you move in with someone for life, um, you could of course have difference of opinion over, say, aesthetics of the place, etc. But tag teaming efficiently and knowing how to keep the lights on. Um, I hope I'm lucky enough to find that.
1: 100%. Just look at it from an overall independence, freedom, life skill perspective.
0: Yep, yep. So Nupur, we've discussed how dating apps are frustrating, blah, blah, and modern dating is not fun. So why are you still on the apps? I mean, why not just ask your parents to find you a suitable boy? I just
1: thought about it literally a week or 10 days ago. My father came to me with a match... Of this person who he thought was absolutely fine via a matrimonial app and the fact that the person was sincere enough to follow through the conversation and to respond to my father. And my father's like, this is the best match you can get in life and go for it and messaging me on WhatsApp and on personal message and calling me. And I was like, sure, I'm going to check it out. And within 30 seconds of me, literally, I was having my dinner and I was like, let me open the profile and check it, given that my father believes so strongly about it. Open the profile and within 30 seconds. I knew that he had had two startups and that both of those had failed in less than four months to the fact that he's fairly dependent on his side of the family for the, he mentioned that in his profile. And I was just like, this is a mummy ka raja munna who is going to sit well for me, for the fact that I am not papa ki pari
0: <laughs>
1: My papa has not let me be a <laughs> So How do I settle for... Some Munna, whose mother has said, tum kaam pe focus karo sirf, hum tumhara arrange right? yeah. Again, very linked yes. to the previous conversation that we had and that made me realize one thing. I think we moved out of our homes when we were say 2021, 20, 22, 17, 18 for some of us. Which means we have stayed out of home for a considerable amount of time of having done our lives by ourselves, right? Yeah. Uh In the last 15 years that I have been out of home and I have lived across cities, across home, with different kind of people, have had different experiences. My parents now do not understand or the society that I used to confer with 15 years ago does not now understand how I've grown. And hence, it's not an ideal situation for them to be looking for a match for me. The fact that I've stayed single until I've been 35 is for the fact that I want to choose something of my own. And maybe I might, you know, confer to a friend's Suggestion saying, hey, you know, I feel like the two of you might connect. Why don't you go for it? As compared to my parents who have not lived with. Yeah. Or as compared to a mossy or a chachi or a boa who have not lived with. I think that's that's what it is. How about you? But like, what is your <laughs> what is your not going by
0: parents' choices? I think you've covered it well. My parents want the best for me and are smart, but How can we expect them to know exactly how we shaped up as a generation, right? And then do matchmaking, a skill even Seema Auntie hasn't been able to figure out and it's like her whole profession. So they try, but mostly they, you know, let me figure it out.
1: Also the fact that we need to be thankful for the fact that they come with good intentions. Not discounting the fact that they don't come with good intentions.
0: Like anytime I've been irritated by a match sent by mom and I say that it's not working for me, I cannot explain why, but it's not working for me. She'll be like... Okay, fine. Yeah. In a way, she's like my chat GPT. So every time I give her a prompt on what I want, she will work with that. And then if if the output isn't what I wanted, um, she'll expect me to give her a better prompt or to tell her what didn't work, what needs to be changed, what needs to be fixed. And uh, with whatever clarity that I can manage, I, let's say, give another prompt. And so she keeps learning how to, you know, she's tweaked her algorithm to to try and find a better result each time.
1: Where do you realize the problem is you? Uh, (laughs) Because I'm guessing now you're 35. So by now, your mother has been showing you matches for
0: like 10 years.
1: 10 years on an average. Mm -hmm.
0: Looks like I finally have the answer to the question why I'm still single. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. There was this one reel that I
1: watched about this grandma talking about why is it that you need a partner in life? And I think she nailed it. She said, in Punjabi, she said, life is <laughs> very And, uh, you know, if you find someone who's who manages to bear that okhi with you, what else, right? Like, just yeah. find someone who chimes in. And you've had fun once, twice, thrice. Just go and have a good time. Hmm. And then see where it goes in six months, eight months,
0: one year. Just keep that door open. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Nupur, for being on the show. And cheers to keeping doors open.
1: Essentially.
0: (laughs)